Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think we're in the mess we're in and how we've got here. Um, so many people cite the origins of, of talking therapy as beginning with Sigmund Freud and psychoanalysis, which is famously referred to as the talking cure. Um, in my opinion, the ideas of Freud and Jung weren't particularly political, although they did have their own although they did have their own views on religion and, and politics and war and so on. They weren't political activists, they weren't trying to reshape society. I am you know, very interested in psychoanalysis myself, and I feel that there is a very healthy version of it. Um, where psychoanalysis, I believe, did unfortunately veer off into the political um, was when it was used in the creation of critical theory. So critical theory was an intellectual movement. So critical theory, um, sorry, what was I? Um, so critical theory was a movement in the sort of 1920s, 1930s, which was a group of, of communists essentially, and um, that's how they describe themselves, um, who sought to merge Freud's ideas of psychoanalysis with Marx. So we see with writers like Herbert Marcuse the idea of repressive tolerance, which drew on Freud's notion of repression. But Marcuse argued that society itself was repressed and the cure for this was, was communism. Um, we see writers like Adorno essentially pathologizing anybody that's not on the left. Um, and we see writers like Franz Fanon, uh, who brought in the idea of decolonization and the idea of that, you, uh, that he actually saw um, violent revolution against the oppressor or the colonizer as a form of uh, therapeutic intervention. Um, so now, of course, um, classical psychoanalysis as a treatment has always been quite niche and uh, esoteric, partly because it's so time-consuming and, and costly. Um, and it, of course, alongside the development of psychoanalysis, we've had clinical psychology, which is much more based on experimental research, neuroscience. And of course, we have other forms of talking therapies, like CBT, which is very different from cognitive behavioral therapy, which is very much about the present and it's not it's very different from psychoanalysis in that respect. Um, so the fact that psychoanalysis had this sort of uh, radical offshoot, I would say, which I believe is a sort of corrupted, perverse version of psychoanalysis, wasn't something of that much consequence, because as I said, psychoanalysis was a niche thing anyway, and this was a, this was a kind of background version of it. Um, however, the problem is, I believe, is that critical theory itself has totally come to dominate our institutions. So if you go to university and study any kind of humanities subjects, as I did, I did a degree in English literature, you will be taught critical theory. So you will be asked to read Shakespeare and identify the oppressor and essentially pathologize them using a very strange version of psychoanalysis. Um, when I was at university, I you know, worked this out quite quickly. I was really interested in Freud and Jung. I thought, well, I'll some of these things that they're saying very insightful and interesting and around true to me. I was trying to work out how to separate that from critical theory. So that's how I come to be interested in these ideas. Um, so while we've been psychological treatments, critical theory would have essentially remained in the background with little influence over treatments. We now have a sort of top-down institutionalization of critical theory where you know, it's not only taught across the humanities and within training courses, it's actually now being built into HR policies. So, you know, I was, many people might know, I was training at the Tavistock. The Tavistock now describes themselves as an anti-racist organisation. 
um, that you can't essentially challenge that, and their version of anti-racism is essentially a watered-down version of critical theory and critical race theory of Robin D'Angelo. Um, so we now have critical, <laughs> critical race theory and gender ideology written into policies. So when we have um, you know, people going off to train to be clinical psychologists or psychotherapists, they're often drawn to these ideas, a bit like a moth to a flame, quite frankly, because it has psychological concepts built into it, so it, it appeals and it, it, it presents itself as being uh, you know, psychological and talks about microaggressions and safe spaces and all the rest of it. But as I said, I believe this is a, a corrupted version and a lot of people are not separating that out from genuinely true and good. Um, so I just want to be clear, I'm not saying that um, psychologists or, or psychotherapists shouldn't, you know, read critical theory or believe in critical theory. I don't want to shut that movement down. I have no friends that find their ideas, I have friends that find their ideas very interesting and I certainly think there's aspects of critical theory. Um, some of the criticisms of capitalism, which are quite illuminating. But the issue is when it's, it's being taught within clinical training, and not only that, you cannot disagree with it. Um, so we now, we're in a situation where arguably we now have a watered-down version of critical theory, which, again, I, I think has many issues with it. But the version we have now is critical social justice, or woke, um, which lacks a lot of the sophistication that the critical theorists did have. They were quite smart, I disagree with a lot of their ideas. But we now just have people like Robin DiAngelo saying, all white people are racist, and if you disagree with me, it's because you're a racist, um, and, just, and you're being defensive, and so on. Um, this is complete tyranny, um, I believe. <laughs> um, and yeah, th that's, how we, I, that's how we've got to where we are now. And I just want to pose, lastly, um, something that I've been thinking about is that therapy, counselling, um, talking therapies, I don't think you could situate them in the sciences, or although aspects of clinical psychology are called scientific. Um, I don't know whether you put them in the arts, but of course there is, they are based on ideas and theories. And while you know, I like ideas, and I find certain theories within psychoanalysis very uh, illuminating, the issue with ideas is that they can veer off in a direction um, and they can become very disconnected from reality. Um, and I think that's the mess we're in, essentially, is that people have an idea in their mind about you know, who the oppressor is and who the oppressed is and they think they've worked it all out. Um, and I guess the, the question that I'd end on is how do we as a profession uh, bring in a, some kind of discernment around ideas and what are, how do we keep bad ideas out and keep good ideas in and who decides and I think um, that's something to think about going forward.